KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Oklahoma City, there is no time to waste. We have a locked and loaded Franchise First Take Thunder Postgame Show for you. I am Ryan Chapman, joined by Brady Trantham. We have Matt Burton in the house. Jerry Ramsey is awaiting on the Little Caesars Hot Ready Hotline. But first, the Thunderfall, 147 to 125. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes, indeed. Uh, Kevin Durant didn't even play in this game. So without further ado, let's bring on Jerry Ramsey at TV's Jerry. And Jerry, just initial reactions to, to the disaster that happened in the Chesapeake Energy Arena. Boy, I got their ass whooped. They, I mean, what, I, you know, there's so many ways to go about this in professional uh, uh, analyst, you know, whenever you talk about trying to get into sports radio and what you would ever do in a situation like this, 147 points and Kevin Durant didn't play. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm not trying to get raucous on a Friday night. This was a 100% just, you know, in the middle of uh, the mall, a kid screaming because he wants cookies. And the mom dragging him out by one arm, just whooping him with uh, her belt in one hand, dragging him with the other. This is just, this is bad. Just, just straight up bad. And I know that uh, you know, you homers, the the take your girl club. You guys are going to try to spin it positive, but guys, this was just one hundred percent ass. Agreed. I mean, just the incredible thing: the Nets took exactly a hundred shots. And they made 57 of them. When you say it like that, that's just, what? They they missed, four, by my math, oh, oh no, math, 43! <laughs> four, only 43 shots they made. Gosh, 100 shot attempts. What is wrong with Oklahoma City? Oh yeah, guys, they're, this is actually not of a clear indictment of what they actually are compared to what we've seen over their first 14, 15 games. Uh, but this is kind of like reality hitting you in the face if you're a Thunder fan because a lot of things have happened in this game that we were kind of asking, like, hey, is this going to happen? Like, Lou Dort just not shooting the ball at all well. I mean, just terrible. Everybody was just bad. Darius Baisley was like the one guy in the first half when the game was quote-unquote competitive, making some contested shots and comparing what what we've seen out of him for the last month, guys. uh, That was a good thing to see. Other than that, the Thunder got to the foul line a ton, but I don't know if the Thunder... I don't know if that's their recipe for success, and I don't know if the Nets necessarily cared because when you score nearly 40 points a quarter, who cares if the other team goes to the foul line 26, 27 times? Jerry, you still alive? I am still very much alive. we got a bunch of voices on this show. Let's go ahead and get them going. I'm just sitting here trying to spray Febreze all over where my TV was from all the stank. Okay, okay, Jerry, look. We need to break this down in terms that I think you, me, and Brady uniquely will understand. All right? We're going to do some math. Now, the Brooklyn Nets, they shot 57% from the field and 42.2% from the three-point line. That is 99.2% shooting. And then, once you add the 87.5% they shot from the free-throw line, the Nets shot 186.7% tonight. Who the heck is going to beat them when they're doing that, Jerry? 
Listen, you always say, and I know you guys, and well, Brady, you never really played, uh, but Matt Burton knows, uh, playing at a high level. You give 110%. Tonight, the Nets gave 186%. Uh, like I said, without Kevin Durant. Did they do this for Kevin Durant? Was there a little conversation? Because I know he was warming up. He was, he was in the building. He knew what was going on. Uh, did they get around and they said, you know what, Katie, we'll do it for you. For all the salt that Oklahoma City fans, and still, I put out, you know, uh, feelers on Twitter today. Still, so much salt, right? Uh, drink plenty of uh, water. Not beverages, like water, because you can get all that salt out of your system. They just absolutely dominated in every fashion. Every I'm looking at something. What did the Thunder win? Anything? Nope. The tank they, battle tonight? They they tied uh, they tied in blocks and had one more turnover than the Nets. Congrats. Well, they might have won in development if we talk about specifically Teo Maldon and nobody else. I think he was the lone bright spot tonight. Um, Jerry, eight of nine, six of six from three, 24 points. Obviously, that's a career high for Teo. Like, what did you see out of him and it what just over this period of time where George Hill's been out, where, where Teo's been inserted into the starting lineup, like is this something that needs to to continue on, or or would you like to see him be moved back to the bench and groomed in that you know sixth, seventh guy off the bench role that he's probably going to play for this team in the future? No, we're starting to you know in, in my three little columns that I've had the the future assets and exper- uh, experiments. Uh, Maladon was in experiment for sure, right? But now he's starting to merge a little bit. Like, you know, you have that little secret handwriting that you do uh, that's starting to come up. And it looks like he's he's about to be pinned in as the future. Uh, 19 years old, which is just, you know, mind-blowing. You talk about the youth on this uh, squad. And already, you know, what he can do and where he can get to on the, you know, on the court. I mean, he doesn't look like a 10-year vet, but he definitely looks like he knows his way around a professional basketball court, unlike other rookies uh, on this squad. So, yeah, I think you can start to sort of pin in uh, Tim Maladon being a guy that's going to be around for a couple of years. Yeah, he looked like preseason Maladon tonight. I mean, is this the best that we've seen him look outside of maybe just a few spots here and there? Because I thought he, he finished off the Suns game really well. The other night, but this is the best that he's looked in a complete game since that preseason game uh, to kick off the season against the Spurs. Right? So you go six. You go six to six. I mean, was it Karan Butler is the only Thunder ever like that that came to that? That's what I think I read on the the Thunder PR stuff. But no one, you know, no one's had a perfect shooting night other than you know Mister Call Me Maybe uh, back in the day. Then Taylor Mile down, and that's like it just he has a feel for the game. He absolutely has it now. Whenever James Harden was backing that thing up, juvenile style on him, like he had, there was no answer for that. So offensively, uh, he really does a great job. But I mean, that, the long road is everybody's long road on this uh, team right now, and it is defense. Yeah, for sure. And again, we're joined by Jerry Ramsey here on the Little Seizures Hot and Ready Hotline. You can find him on Twitter at TV's Jerry or on the radio Monday through Friday, 11 to 3. Is that right here on the franchise? I think it is. Man, we have some questionable decision makers around here. But Jerry, another thing that we're talking about here, here's the only other bright spot I can find from this game. And that is, look, we all know this Brooklyn Nets roster as it's constructed, not great defensively, but surprisingly, they are 
the number seven defense in the league as it pertains to three-point percentage allowed. Now, tonight, they're missing Kevin Durant. I understand that it's going to have a big impact, just the length and natural closeout ability that Kevin Durant has, but the Thunder did shoot 42% from three, much better than the average allowed by the Nets. Is that more of a result of great ball movement we're starting to see an offensive philosophy because because in that first quarter especially there were a ton of open shots created by the extra pass by the thunder and you look at uh what the nets were doing and it was all about pace uh they were going to give it up and they didn't think that the oklahoma city thunder were going to make enough threes to put them in any sort of peril and they were correct and it was it was absolute pace and and getting their shots off they i don't think they were too concerned with how the thunder were going to shoot the quicker they shot or the quick you know whenever they got a shot up uh it was easier for the nets to get going and that that's exactly what happened so i just i don't think the defensive intensity was there uh for the nets and i don't think it's going to be there for most of the regular season so uh I, it was just kind of the Nets taking care of their own business. And sometimes the Oklahoma City Thunder, especially I think in that what late third quarter there, they started to get hot and start to figure some stuff out. But I don't think at any point in this game the Nets really thought, oh, no, we really need to clamp down on the perimeter defense. I think they let the Thunder do whatever they want because they had the game in hand. Well, I feel like we were able to talk about this every game, but for the most part this season, the Thunder have been able to uh, counterbalance the fact that they are one of the smallest teams in the NBA. Uh, I mean, with if Al Horford is your guy, it, it's, if he's your big, it's not that it's not that much of a good indictment on you. Uh, but they look tiny tonight out there, Jerry. I mean, they got outscored in the paint, seventy to thirty-eight, and they basically get outscored in the paint every game. But because guys like Lou Dort, SGA, are able to score and hit from outside at a more than respectable clip, it counterbalances that. But I mean, was this like I said earlier? Was this more of a like a snap back to reality for the Thunder just because like, oh yeah, they're never going to really dominate anybody in the paint, and if they do, it's probably by design uh, per the opponent kind of go back to the Spurs game a few weeks ago where the Spurs just said, yeah, we don't want you to shoot threes, just come come in here in the paint, do all you want. Oh yeah, we're just going to beat you straight up anyway. No, I don't think it's a snap back to reality at all, Brady, to be honest with you. It's the ups and downs of this team. Here, just a couple of, what, not even a week ago, week and a half ago, they beat these guys with Kevin Durant. It was just without Kyrie Irving. So it's just, it's roller coaster. That it's, it's basically the same team doing the same damn thing. It's just that some nights it works and sometimes it doesn't. And the extremes are like a bi, you know, like a bipolar uh, kid. Like there's not enough Adderall to fix this thing just yet. They got to just learn how to figure this out on their own. But it's Brady, this is the same team that beat the Nets a, a couple of weeks ago. So I mean, it, well, whenever you say back to reality, I are you trying to say that they like they suck and we forget that sometimes because they have a couple of good shooting games? I I think I mean if you're going to put it that way, then that's fine. But I think what I mean is uh, if you look at the numbers, if you look at everything, the Thunder are winning games by virtue of the fact that Lou Dort is shooting 42 percent from three, and SGA can be very efficient and he can score 20, 22 points per game and dish out assists, get rebounds. It's mainly on the backs of them. And then anytime Al Horford, like he did against Phoenix, if he's going to be five for five from the three point line, great. If Darius Baisley can chip in, great. All that really does is just put the Thunder in some tight ball game situations at the ends of games, and they just take their chances with SGA and Lou Dort going down the stretch, and they've been fortunate in a few of those situations. But my whole point is, because of the the flaws of this roster, you can't depend on that 
every single game. You can't depend on Lou Dort shooting 42% from the three-point line all season long. And if that's going to be the case, if he's going to regress to the mean, then the Thunder need to have a plan B. And if their plan B is we don't have one, then there are going to be a lot of performances like this. Okay, we are saying the same thing, basically, because I'm telling you that the consistency of this team is going to go up and down and up and down. So, yeah, no, we're saying the same thing here, Brady. Uh, there's some talent on this team. Uh, it's not it's not loft disease. It's not lo- uh, like a freaking talent. Uh, it's just the inconsistency of the players. And nights, you're going to have five guys that are clicking, and then there's going to be certain nights where five guys aren't. And you're going to see terrible games like tonight, and you're going to see them outwork uh, teams that don't want to work on certain nights. So, yeah, I mean, it's the consistency of this, and they're going to have to figure out. And I love when you, you say they got to get back to the mean because uh, they don't have one, Brady. And, you know, Brady, Ryan, Ryan, I'm telling you guys, they don't have a mean. I don't, we know about the first, what, five or six minutes whenever these guys play. Like, what's this night going to look like? Because I, you know, I can't really depend on much of anything except for Shea's going to handle the ball and get his. I mean, I feel like they do to a certain extent have a mean. If you if you look at the net rating, which tons of NBA front office guys that have moved out of the front office will tell you, that's what front offices look at. Net rating is a legitimate statistic. The Thunder have the third worst net rating in the league, and it's because of nights like this. When they win, they grind it out, win by, what was it, five against Phoenix, something like that. They win those games, tight games, but when they come up against these great teams and lose, sure, they beat Brooklyn. Then tonight, you just get blown out of the water. So, like, this is a team that's just going to have to, like like Brady said, like you said, Jerry, they're going to have to live and die by guys overperforming, which just means they're they're a bad team that has the chance to do good because they're volatile. But, Jerry, before we get out of here, a really weird schedule upcoming for the Thunder is they now have three straight of the two-game miniseries back-to-backs. They're hosting the Rockets, hosting the Timberwolves, and then heading to the Lakers. All of those teams are playing twice. What? What do you think about these miniseries? Are you more interested? Do we learn more about what this Thunder team can be because we get to see them make an adjustment on that second night? Or is it just weird scheduling and it just is boring to see the two same team twice in a row? The uniqueness of the 2021 season continues to have little things like this that they're interesting to me, but whenever they play was the Chicago Bulls back-to-back in the preseason, right? Uh, I asked Coach... Uh, about you know learning on a second night or what do you take from would you rather play a different team or you know is there benefits to playing somebody and that was early on in the preseason and I'm going to tell you what he told me and I still think it it happens it's true today they're taking it you know possession by possession like it's everything everything is being uh, looked at scientifically and analytically on this team uh, the wins and losses are the wins and losses I think Dagnall is very uh, stable into what he's doing. I think these players understand, you know, what this season is about, and they go and play. I think in the second quarter, you saw them, they were down by maybe 14. And, you know, Hamid Diallo throws a really good pass, and just like they're having a great time. Like these players understand that it's developmental season. And so whenever you play guys back to back, back to back, and then, you know, Lakers or whatever. What are you learning? You're learning that you know you need to do something on every possession rather than who you're playing. 
Jerry, thank you so much for coming aboard here. We will release you. We know that you have like 5,000 kids that you have to tend to back at the house there. That was Jerry Ramsey coming up. We've got more post game ahead, though. On the other side, we'll hand out our player of the game, and we're going to have a little talk about Lou Dort and what he did tonight. You're listening to 1077 The Franchise. It's the franchise first take that are post game. No, Kevin Durant. No problem for the Brooklyn Nets this evening. 147 to 125 winners over the Oklahoma City Thunder. You heard that right. 147 points in regulation. The Thunder couldn't even force it into overtime like, you know, the Atlanta Hawks did. So we all see where that's going. But it is what it is. This is like there's going to be nights like this for the Thunder. It's a season of repositioning, rediscovery, all that good stuff. It is what it is. I'm Ryan Chapman at Radio is Ryan on the Twitter machine, joined by Brady Trantham. For Al Horford, it was it's a season of reproduction. Yes, uh, Al Horford. By the way, it should be noted with the new NBA standards, cannot take his entire family on the road uh, party. You only get four members of the family. He now has four children and a wife. So my so, math, my so math says he can't take the whole family out on the road. Matt. Someone's got to stay home. What? Oh, I thought you said, I didn't know you said Matt. That is Matt Burton. I was Burton trying to figure out what you said. I was at, like, uh, oh. I am Matt Burton on Twitter when you machine. both looked at me and then I f- quickly figured out you said my name. Hey. So yeah, no, uh, nothing nothing to add. Yeah, he has to uh, leave one child behind. Has to leave one <laughs> child behind. No child left behind. Kevin no. McAllister Horford. Shout out President behind. Bush. The child that would have been left behind this evening for the Thunder. Lou Dort, my gosh, Brady. Two of fourteen from the field, oh. one of nine, one of nine from three. I'm I'm not making that up. Those are Russell Westbrook numbers. Well, this this was the worry for me coming into the season. Lou Dort is not short on confidence. Obviously, great defensive stopper. Normally, got shredded tonight, but he has that potential to go cold and shoot you out of games because he just won't. Stop! Like, there's no reason that Lou Dort should be shooting the basketball more than Shea Gildas Alexander. How much more of this can we see? Like, this is the first time it's happened in a really long time, but the fact that it's still happening is really concerning to me. Yeah, uh, uh, the thing is with Lou Dort, it's been a limited experience with him in terms of the amount of games that he's played, even going back to last season. But the one thing that you can say... If you want to be super optimistic about him, and I, I, I will put myself certainly in the camp of being optimistic about Lou Dort because he's done nothing but prove everybody wrong to this point. He's never really had a consecutive bad stretch of games. When he has a poor shooting performance, he bounces back the right way the very next night. I mean, even looking, this is the first time he's played James Harden uh, since the first uh, first round series that the Thunder lost in the bubble. And he had some bad games in that series, even though we all remember the just the defensive prowess, the amazing play. And then, of course, Game 7 when he dropped 30 points and was the game-leading scorer in a elimination game, Lou Dort. Um, he had bad games in that series, but he would bounce back the next night. So you, the hope is, yeah, he's going to get a lot of opportunities to shoot because he is the two-guard. He's going to get a lot of opportunities to shoot because even though his percentages would su- suggest otherwise... Other teams don't necessarily believe those numbers, so they back off and give him the opportunity to shoot. So if you're Lou Dort, you really have no choice. You have to take those shots because to this point, he's made everybody pay for it. Even in losses, he's made everybody pay for it. Like, man, maybe we should have uh, reread the scouting report on this guy, you know. But, I mean, you're right. This was kind of a kind of fall back down to earth, but out of what we've seen out of Lou Dort in his uh, short time in the NBA with the Thunder, he doesn't really pin these games 
consecutively together that much. I guess my big problem with his performance tonight is I completely agree, Brady, that like if it's in the flow of the offense, if it's like a wide open three, you have to take that shot. That's been the problem that Billy Donovan, Sam Presti, Thunder fans, everyone, you know, how many times people just yelling at Andre Robertson to shoot the ball when you're wide open. But tonight, especially in the first quarter, Lou Dort, it wasn't just wide open looks. He was getting the ball and trying to work on James Harden and ISO sets when Harden was actually locked in playing decent defense. And you could tell very early on it wasn't Lou Dort's night, and he just doesn't have that that switch in his brain to go, okay, it's not my night. I don't need to be forcing things on the the offensive end. He needs to revert to just being a catch-and-shoot guy on those nights. Like I don't care how good Lou Dort is. He should not be the second leading shooter on the team ever. Like I don't think that's a thing he should be. Uh, Matt, do, like, do you see if he had stayed on that trajectory he was early in the season, would you be okay with him taking more shots? I just think that seven shots should be it for Lou Dort night tonight, and that's what all you need out of him. Right, I, I completely agree. And in no world, like you said in the first segment, in no world should Lou Dort ever take more shots than Shea Gilgis Alexander. That should not happen. Uh, only 10 shots. Granted, Shea was 7 out of 10, but there, no way Lou Dort should have more shots than him. Um, like, Kind of like you guys were saying, this was kind of bound to happen just because like what we've seen from Lou Dort last year, uh, and there's no way he was going to keep shooting 42% from three-point line. I mean, that Brady's said that multiple times, and um, yeah, came, just came back down to earth tonight. He, uh, in the first half... He was trying to attack the basket, and there were a couple times he just he just missed a couple, and then he got in the air to pass it. He got too far in and got in the air to pass it and then turned it over. Um, I want to see more of Lou Dort attacking the basket because I do think that he has that ability. I think that he could be good at attacking the basket. Um, but, yeah, tonight, tonight was just rough Lou, all around for Lou Dort. Lou Dort and the Thunder made DeAndre Jordan look like Rudy Gobert tonight. Because like you said, Lou Dort was trying to attack the basket because I think he missed his first two three-pointers. Then he took a mid-range jumper. Then he tried to go to the rim. And he, even Shea Gittles Alexander, Teo Maladon, uh, whoever was trying to drive, Hamadou Diallo, DeAndre Jordan would just stop it. And then, uh, what was his name? Reggie, oh, their backup Perry? center. Reggie Perry. Who? Who's this guy? So, I mean, the Thunder just, I mean, I, I want to chalk this up to a bad night, but even if they played a you know, a decent game. If they played it uh, to their standard, a good game, they probably still lose and they probably still hemorrhage a lot of points because that's what the Nets can do. Right. And this Thunder defense is purely predicated on effort. And effort can win you a ton of games. can win you a handful of games in an NBA season. Uh, but once you stretch out into like game 30, game 40, game 50, you kind of look down and say, oh, it was only 10 wins based solely on effort. Well, and... <laughs> Effort can only win you a ton of games if you have the talent. Like, that's what we saw last season. This team had enough talent that just giving effort night to night mattered. When you have Chris Paul, Steven Adams, and, you know, SGA, Daniel Gallinari, like those guys giving effort's going to put you in the top half of a conference, probably. This team doesn't have any talent on it. It's, it's SGA going out there freewheeling. It's Al Horford when he's in. You know, obviously, very understandable reasons why he's not with the team. But Al Horford, at this point in his career, hit or miss stuff like that. After that, you don't know what you're going to get. And and I think, honestly, the Thunder, I thought they did a decent job of getting to the line tonight. You talk about attacking Lou Dort, 5 of 6 from the line. SGA got to the line 13 times in a 13. Hamadou Diallo, again, 
Um, he's stayed efficient because getting to the line nine times, like you'll take that. You'll take a four and nine shooting performance as he gets to the line nine times. Like I think that they did a really good job of doing that. The problem is the times they didn't get a call, they're absolutely just getting shut out of the paint. So that that's got to change. That is something they need to work on. But it's a long season, and that's what this season's for is is uh, to work on stuff like that. But Matt, if you have it queued up, if you have it locked and loaded and ready, enough of the negative, guys. Let's get to our Thunder Player of the Game. Now, the Franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. All right, I'm going to start it off here, and I'm going to go with the guy that's had a really rough last month. Darius Baisley, welcome back. He had a really nice night tonight, 14 points on 5 of 9 shooting. You guys talked about DeAndre Jordan. He was the only one that seemed to remember uh, DeAndre Jordan kind of plays with a little cement in his shoes if you just you know, dip one way and go the other way, a little year step on the drive there. You're going to get past him. So, and also Darius Baisley, one of three guys to be a positive in the box score plus minus. I know that's not generally something we live and die by, but when you're one of three and the other two guys being uh, Jackson and Brown are, are plus ones, like, you know, shows you that you had a good night tonight. So I'm going with Darius Baisley as the Thunder player of the game. I would, I would agree just because Darius Baisley where, where he got the majority of all that good play all those numbers tonight it was when the game was still technically in doubt <laughs> even though the nets scored 36 points in the first quarter and then they scored 40 in the second quarter so it became out of hand fairly quickly but um when the game was still in doubt Darius Baisley played uh, some of his best basketball that he's played in a-, a month so I mean that was certainly good to see and you hope that he can take that and run with it moving forward but I'm going to take the layup Teo Maladon just because I don't know how many times we're going to be able to say that Teo Maladon is going to be the player of the game uh, but when you are perfect from the three-point line, six for six, and I think they got it down to within 10 or 11, you know, late. Now, the Nets probably weren't scared at all, but just, right. just the sheer fact that the Thunder were able to find something offensively and make it look respectable for but a blink of an eye, you know, credit to Teo Maladon. Yeah, I'm, I've got to go with Teo Maladon, too. Um, it was nice to see Baisley play a little bit better because he, he has been in a rut uh, lately, but... Man, again, and we talked about it, Brady. I think you brought it up last post game. Um, the body language of Baisley. He missed a couple. He missed a couple early in the first half, and the body language was head down, kind of sunk his shoulders. At and this I'm like, point, hey, it, come on, man! Like at this point, it's starting to make sense. No, yeah, I mean, because, because, because he's, he's like, been he's so like, bad. what do I have to do? Yeah. Like, what do I have to do? Can I buy one, please? Um, but yeah, Teo Maladon, almost perfect tonight. And uh, you were talking to Jerry earlier. Uh, about when George Hill comes back, you like to see. Uh, I, I would like to see Teo go back to the second unit, but I would like it to be like, okay, be more aggressive. This is your time right. to be more aggressive. I, I want to see that. I like Teo Maladon being aggressive tonight. Um, obviously, it helps that he was perfect from three point line. And then I, just real, real quick, really, really funny. The uh, Thunder had. 36 rebounds. I was like, man, no one had a lot of rebounds. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the Nets shot like 60% from the field. Yeah, there weren't that many opportunities for yeah. rebounds. Yeah, this is one of the situations where you're just like, uh, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. They were making everything. The Nets were, were making no everything. And then they had a bunch of offensive boards in the first half, too. So yeah. after that, you're just like, what is, what is There's happening? There's no chances for rebounds. You want, a more, you want a more aggressive tail Maladon. You know what that means coming off the bench? No more Hamadou Diallo isos. Perfect. 
Hey. <laughs> that's a good thing. Great, exactly. Yeah, let, let Teo and Hami run exactly. a little one-two Hami, Hami can still get his, uh, you know, force it up in the paint. He can still get those up, but just few and far between. Well, and you talked about the Thunder making a run with Teo against the, the Nets reserves. I think that those minutes are really important because this is, what are we, game 18, game 19? Sorry, I lost track. But Teo playing in the French League, sure, it's a fine league, the early league, all that stuff, but he's a guy that, that you could tell early on, understandably, just a second, second and a half too slow decision-making for NBA basketball. It seems like when Teo turns his brain off and just plays instinctively, he he just knows basketball. He's just one of those guys. So I have no problem with being optimistic about a little run late in the game, even against reserves, because Teo's getting reps against guys that even if they're second-unit NBA guys, a lot of those guys are a lot better than the competition he's playing overseas just as a whole. The athleticism, the speed, it's, it's all faster. So I'm totally cool with that. Awesome, awesome night from Teo, but you know, in the spirit of being different, Baisley had a good night um, in, in an otherwise awful, awful stretch. All right, last segment usually runs long, so we're going to dip out of this segment early. Up next, we got around the association, tons of games going. We're going to dig deeper into this Thunder schedule and take one more look at this 147 to 125 loss at the hands of the Brooklyn Nets. Stay right here. You're listening to the Franchise First Take Thunder Post Game Show. Welcome back. Oklahoma City Thunder boat raced out of their own arena. 147 to 125. The Thunder fall to the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn had no Kevin Durant. Didn't bother them at all. Kyrie Irving and James Harden, your joint leading scorers for the Nets. Irving, 25 points on 10 of 16 shooting. Harden, 25 points as well. 9 of 14 shooting. Harden was 3 of 6 from deep. And guys, the Thunder just got mugged in every statistical category. The Nets shot 57% from the field, out-rebounded the Thunder 50-36, to 36, 33 assists for Brooklyn, 70 points in the paint, Oklahoma City's 38. It was just ugly, but enough of that. We'll get into that here in a second. I'm joined by Brady Trantham and Matt Burton, and Brady and I are going to take a seat. We're going to buckle up because it's time for Matt Burton to take us around the association. <laughs> Just drop my phone. We're all good. All beautiful. Good. Beautiful. No cracks. We're oh, good. you need that. We're good. No cracks? No cracks. We're good, good job. Good job. Love that. Um, let's start off. Uh, Ryan. The Hawks. Give it to me, the baby. Uh huh. Uh huh. Big win against the 3 and 12 Washington Wizards. Yes! In Washington. Uh, I saw there were four technicals at one point. Uh, Robin Lopez got two technicals and ejected. Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Also got technicals in this one. Uh, so, yeah, the Atlanta Hawks win 116 to 100. How many points did my favorite player have, Matt? He had 41. John Collinson scored 41 points, you <laughs> no, idiot. No, that's your favorite. You Trey idiot. Young is your favorite player. He's a Norman North Timberwolf, okay? Fellow alumnus. Fellow alumnus. This show is two thirds Norman North Timberwolf. I don't claim Norman North. Wow. What, what's your wow. degree say, Brady? I don't have a high school degree because I didn't physically ask for it. Interesting. Yeah. They didn't just mail it to you? No. I never got it. Weird. But I have two college degrees. Do they say Norman North High School on them? No. All right. <laughs> they, it they, settled then. They say Oxford. I'm glad we... Oh, yeah. All right, then. I'm glad we settled. Draw. Yeah, glad we, glad we figured that out. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets get a home win against the Indiana Pacers tonight, 108-105. to 105. Um, 
Isaiah Roby Sr., DeMontis Sabonis had 22 points, 11 boards, and 6 assists. Yeah, that Roby to Sabonis thing. Not looking too great, huh? Not looking great. Roby's defense. (sighs) Yikes. It's so bad. (laughs) It is so bad. It's so bad. Like, I get that he's undersized. I get it. It's okay. If you're undersized, you shouldn't be getting blown by. It's okay. It happens. happens That's that's your one advantage, just the speed and quickness, right? And he just just gets blown by all the time. Yeah, you know. It happens to the best of us. The uh, Sacramento Kings get a road win in Toronto slash Tampa, 126 to 124. Buddy healed 22 points tonight. Played 40 minutes. Good for Buddy. Pascal Siakam, 32 points to lead the way for the Tampa Bay Raptors. Buddy healed auditioning for the Knicks? Yeah, no kidding. Speaking of the Knicks, get a home win against the Cleveland Cavaliers, 102 to 81. The Knicks won 102 to 81. The Cavs, yes, taking a page out of Miami's book this year, scoring in the 80s. Yikes. What did Colin Sexton do for Cleveland? Colin Sexton, 17 points, five assists. Darius Garland, 24 points, lead the way. For the Cavs. Shout out Colin Sexton. Uh, his Alabama Crimson title will be in Norman tomorrow. You can listen to that game right here on 1077 The right Franchise here. at 11. He outdueled Trey Young the last time those two teams got together. Right here on these Was airwaves. that your favorite game ever? No. <laughs> Roll Tide. The uh, New Orleans Pelicans get a home win against the Milwaukee Bucks, 131 to 126. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 38 points and 11 boards. Zion, 21 points, 7 assists, 9 boards. Uh, guys, are you ready for the Steven Adams stat line? No. Let's do it. 4 points, 20 rebounds. Oh. <laughs> and that's why they extended him. Four right points, there. 20 rebounds right there. That was a, $25 million. Uh, that was a DeAndre Ayton game the other night against the Thunder. Jeez. I wonder how many missed bunnies Adams had with Lou Dort in his <laughs> face. Like, ah! Probably a lot. Just get scared. The Steven Adams stat chasing. <laughs> they let him have those 20 rebounds. He's like, wait a minute. The the point guard doesn't come down and demand the rebound? What? A, <laughs> this is great. I is that allowed? I can just grab it like I was always able to. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers win in Minnesota tonight, 118-94 to over the Timberwolves. Um, apparently the leader in the clubhouse right now after not even 20 games, Joel Embiid is apparently the leader for the MVP this year. Had 37 points and 11 boards tonight. I won't stand for it. That clown whining about LeBron James sneezing on him. Joel Embiid is the whiniest player in the league, and he hasn't ever won anything. So There should be no MVP, just like there should have been no Heisman Trophy. You know why? Because he went to Kansas. Yeah, Kansas is terrible. They're just bad. Zimbi's still eating like five cheeseburgers in the warm-up for every, for every game. Maybe that's why you're hurt all the time, Joel. Maybe that's why it's he... just the grease. Maybe he's just... Maybe that's why he's just like James Harden once we get to the postseason. Ooh. He's great at fire. memeing online, though, after he yeah, loses. Yeah, he, he'll dunk on you like on Instagram. Watch out. I do just like the Mountain Dew commercials, though. His legions yeah. of 14-year-old fans will go, Oh, <laughs> Got him to the moon! We're going to the, to the moon. Hold the line. Jo- Joel and B's stock Don't as sell. real as GameStop. Don't sell. <laughs> the Clippers continue to roll. They get a win in Orlando tonight. 116. Diamond hair. 90. Paul George, 26 points to lead the way for the Clippers. Uh, let's see. We got the San Antonio Spurs get a home win tonight against the Denver Nuggets. Denver is just, what is wrong with them? 
What is going on? I don't know. Nicole Jokic, 35 points, 10 boards. And DeMar DeRozan with 30 and 9 assists lead the way for was, the Spurs. Was Denver a fraud in the bubble? They're a fraud in the, all this time. In the buble? All this time. Uh, then last game here, four minutes left in the second quarter. Still going on. Utah Jazz, 51. Dallas Mavericks, 32. I got to say, Utah, the, they're rolling out their alternate court right now. The logo at midcourt where they replace like the basketball style logo with the state of Utah, it's incredible. I love it. Really? It's amazing. And the Thunder are like, no, we're not going to do that. Thunder are like, that is personality. We can't have it. Real quick, this just came down the pipe. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make Matt Burton do a lot of work back there. Uh, yep. We're doing two benchmarks this segment. I'm peeling it behind the glass, so I'm just going to stall for him. So, Taylor Maldon, this comes from Thunder Communications, six of six from three-point shooting. That ties an all-time NBA record for the youngster from Franz. Thoughts? Very good. He was very good. Very good. I mean, like, look, I mean, congrats. There are going to be some. Would you like a cookie, Taylor? Yeah, there are going to be some random good gains by, by some random players on this roster. I mean, just of course, I'm not going to expect Taylor Maldon to do six for six from three point line over and over and over again. But I want to see some some uh, consistency first before we uh, crown him. If you want to crown him. <laughs> Crown him. All right. That's the only bright spot. This game was tailor made for the Thunder Tank. 147 to 125. The Brooklyn Nets are winners, which means, like I said, look, guys, look, we're going tanking. We're going tanking. Guys, sorry. Sorry, we're going. We're going tanking. Through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody. commander of the game is back and it's here mr burton and it's actually applicable this time i know we this was an awful game rife with candidates mr burton who was your tank commander of the game uh go ahead and give me lou dort go ahead and give me lou dort off the board first round yep two of 14 from the field one of nine from three um yeah, this is one. This is one that they say uh, you just throw away the tape, throw away the tape, and uh, move on to the next game. I wish you could say that, but it's happened enough times now in his very young career that maybe you should show him the tape. Hey, when this happens, and this happens, and this happens, <laughs> stop shooting. Pass the ball. But yeah, Lou Dort, my hey, tank anyway, of the game. I digress. Brady. Yeah, Justin Jackson played, but uh, he was. I mean, he was he was two of six. I'm gonna go Alexi Pokashevsky though. Um, oh three from the three point line, one of six from the floor. A team worst minus twenty four. Not good, Bob. Not good. My guy. I already mentioned it earlier. Isaiah Roby. He's had a really good stretch. I thought with Al Horford coming back, putting him into a more uh, familiar role, that play would continue. Tonight, hopefully for him, it's an outlier. But twelve minutes, didn't attempt a shot. And just got embarrassed time after time after time defensively. Logged three fouls in 12 minutes. And I wish that those fouls were were the bright spots. He was at least stopping people. It was just an ugly night defensively from Isaiah Roby. And look, he's in a tough spot. He's an undersized center. I get that. They probably need 
um, like a more traditional center, at least for Baisley and Roby to have more success defensively on both the first and the second unit. But no excuses. It's not like you're going up against, you know, the greatest centers in the world on this Brooklyn Nets team. And he still got clowned over and over and over. So I'm going with Isaiah Roby. But hey, all those guys admirable performances if you're in the camp of the Thunder should lose as many games as possible. Gentlemen, though, there's some real legitimate chances for the Thunder to pick up a bunch of games here. Their next six games, like I mentioned in the first segment with the old TV's Jerry, uh, the Thunder have three of those back-to-back style miniseries coming up. Um, they, they're they going to be back home Monday, Wednesday. That's going to be against the Houston Rockets. Then they have a Saturday or sorry, a Friday, Saturday, legitimate back-to-back hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves before heading to Los Angeles for a Monday, Wednesday against the Lakers. Gentlemen, let's take the Lakers series out of this. I think the Lakers are good enough. It doesn't matter if LeBron and AG sit both nights. I think the Thunder are going to go 0-2 in the Staples Center. But the Rockets coming in twice, Timberwolves coming in twice. These are, these are big games for the Thunder trying to win, and, and I think they could grab three of them if they really you know applied themselves. Yeah, well, Minnesota is going to present an interesting challenge because I think Thunder fans are going to go into that game with the for sure thought of, I don't want to win this game because yeah. Minnesota is like the one team that could seriously threaten for that number one overall pick. Well, Detroit. Well, I mean, Jeremy Grant keeps playing like an all-star. Maybe he might win them a few more games. Perhaps. Well, well yeah, you're, you're probably right. Detroit is bad. But we say that when uh, television's Jerry has left us. So Yeah, we're, feel, not, we're not allowed to do that here. I feel a little bad. But no, it, it's... It's going to present a good challenge just because, obviously, like you said, Ryan, Oklahoma City is going to stand a really good chance of winning two or even three of those games against the Rockets and the Timberwolves. But what I'm looking for, it's just the boring stuff. What I'm looking for is just incremental improvement. So um, I want to see better decision-making, offensively speaking, out of Lou Dort. I want to see what we saw out of Darius Baisley in the first half. I want to see that continue. And Shea Gillis-Alexander, look, this game was over in the first half. Uh, but if he's going to be the face of the franchise, and I, this wouldn't have changed anything tonight, but um, 7 of 10, more aggression. If Lou Dort's going to be out here taking like tw- 27 shots a half, then Shea Gillis-Alexander e- either needs to pull him aside during a timeout and say, let me, here, I, I got you, don't worry about it. They can speak French to each other, there should be no language barrier. <laughs> exactly. He needs to do something about that or just take it upon himself and just attack. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think you... I think you hit the main thing I was wanting to point out was Darius Baisley. I mean, if this team, if this team this season is going to, I know we're in the camp that we're, we're saying the quiet part out loud, but in the in the tank camp, I know we're in what? The tank camp, but for these guys that I mean, actually playing, they want to win. If they want to win, Darius Baisley has got to get out of this funk that he's in. He has to. And I want to see against Minnesota is a great opportunity for him to get out of this uh, this funk. I don't know about Houston because I imagine that he will be going against Christian Wood. And that is going to be a tough matchup for yeah, Darius Baisley. For sure. Um, and yeah, Lou Dort, I want to see him keep attacking the basket. He struggled a little bit tonight attacking the basket, but I want to see that out of him more because I think that he can be really effective doing that. Um, and then maybe the shots will come. The shots will come. And like you said, Ryan, stop you know, just forcing shots. If, he, if he's open from three-point line, shoot it. Yeah, I, just shoot wanna, it. I just want to see the, the... 
it's I don't think it's basketball IQ because the way the way that he plays defense, you he knows how to position his body, he knows how to to do all that, use the sideline, everything like that, use his teammates. So obviously the understanding of the game is there. Is it as simple as pulling him aside and being like, Lou, you've guarded some of the best players in the league, night in, night out. You know in the first quarter if that player's on or off. And doesn't it make your job easier when you know that player's off and they just keep coming at you? Right. Now let's take that and apply it to the offensive end of the floor. You're not as good as James Harden offensively, but when James Harden has an off night, everyone takes a deep breath because you know he's going to chuck up 25 shots anyway, and you're probably going to win the game because of it. Like I just don't understand where the disconnect is between I, I want him to be aggressive too. I get that. But tonight in the first quarter, he's being very aggressive, and he's losing these battles time after time after time. It's just not your night, bro. Like That's fine. Just... Get get to your shooter spot and wait for the off. Be a part of the offense. Move the ball. I, I just I wish you could see more of that. But you'd hope none of that should happen against the Timberwolves, especially because no one should have a bad night against the Timberwolves. Um, I, I don't think Carl Anthony. Like, I haven't heard anything. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns will be making that trip. If he's not, there is no one on that team that should scare you. Offense, defense, it, it doesn't matter. It's a very, very bad basketball team. So I'm looking for the Thunder to go out wire to wire, dominate the Timberwolves twice. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins isn't on that team anymore, so good news for Thunder fans. <laughs> for sure. And then you brought up Christian Wood, Matt, and that actually reminded me of, you guys remember Christian Wood last year against the Oklahoma City Thunder? Oh, yeah. And that was a little weird thing on the schedule where they played in Detroit, and then two or three nights later they played in Oklahoma City. Yeah, it's 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 a big moment. I, I'd like to see Baisley just be, get out there defensively and show us something against Christian Wood. Just go compete. Yeah, he's a great player, and, and we want to see the body language stay positive. Yes, we need some need, positive body language. You don't need any more Brady Manic out of your Darius Baisley. That's not what you want. Right, and we talked about it earlier. I do want to see if, when George Hill comes back, if, if he does come back in this six-game stretch here. Uh, I do want to see, we talked about earlier, Teo Maladon, him going back to the bench, and I want to see him be more aggressive. I think tonight's is going to be, obviously, a huge confidence boost. I think it would be for anyone to go perfect from the three-point line. Um, so I want to see that. I want to see him grow on that and be more aggressive on, on that second unit once he goes back. Well, and if he does that, the second unit all of a sudden becomes very exciting, like legitimately exciting for the Thunder. If Teo and Hami can figure out that two-man game and they're both just head down, being the aggressors, that's legitimately two great pieces to, to, for a good second unit. And, and we've seen bits and pieces of it as the season's worn on. You know, entering the, the season, we kind of thought it, the Thunder will live and die by the second unit. They'll get blown out the nights that the second unit doesn't play very well. They'll be in the games. We've seen even in, in times where the second unit has kept the Thunder in games when the starters start slow. So I just think that it, it's very exciting if Teo can take that, move it forward, and just keep developing. So I, I'm really interested to see how Teo and Hami begin to coexist because we all agree Hami on the ball. I understand why they put him on the ball to, to put him in stressful situations, makes him a better all-around player, but I don't think it makes a ton of sense when you got the guy right beside him, Teo, that like it, it makes more sense to have them develop in a 1-2 role there just because of what they can do. But uh, Brady, any last thoughts on this game before we put a bow on it, get out of here, and uh, move on to move on to Houston? Just forget about it. I mean, the Nets, they're going to be more talented even without, if they're going to be minus one of their three stars, they're still going to be more talented than 90% of the league. 
So, I mean, it's going to be, it was an uphill battle to begin with, even without Kevin Durant tonight. But uh, chalk it up to that half. And then the other half is just the Thunder had a bad shooting night outside of Shea Gillis Alexander and Tavon Maldon. And uh, them's the breaks. Move on. Indeed, indeed. Matt? Yep. Again, just move on. Move on and focus on competing with this Houston team that isn't as bad as people thought they were going to be heading into the season. For sure, for sure. A motivated John Wall, it'll be good to see him back. Look, if nothing else, you're going to see some exciting point guard play in the peak with Kyrie Irving slash James Harden, John Wall. It'll be all good and fun. That was Matt Burton at I am Matt Burton on Twitter. Give him that follow as well as Brady Trantham at Brady Does Sports. If you're not already following him, what, what are you even doing in life? I'm Ryan Chapman. Radio is Ryan. We'll be back again, like I said, tomorrow, 11 a.m., Oklahoma basketball, another top 10 matchup. The Sooners are looking to become the first team since the 13-14 Michigan Wolverines to beat three straight top 10 opponents. If they do that, they'll be the only two teams that have done that in 25 years. So high stakes there and every bit of that action, every single whistle right here on 107.7 The Franchise. That's at 11. Until next time, 147 to 125 nets over the Thunder. Hopefully it gets better, Oklahoma City.